On this episode of The Playbook, I have Jerry Jones Jr., Executive Vice President, Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to talk about my dream of what I wish my 50-year-old son would talk about about me and how going all in on the Cowboys was dancing with the devil. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is The Playbook where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I'm so excited. I have the executive vice president, the chief sales and marketing officer of the Dallas Cowboys. Cotton cold here. This is amazing. Jerry Jones Jr. Well, David, it's great to be here with you today and excited to uh, be sitting here with you. I'm really excited because I get some great Hall of Famers, great sports figures, men, women, all types of sports. But my heart and soul is in two things. Football, yeah. uh, which I played in college. I won't tell you what college. It was the only one that would let me play. And then two, entrepreneurship. Yeah. I believe entrepreneurs are going to save the world. You know, I'm looking at all the climate issues that we have, all the different economic issues, and technology can cure a lot of these a lot faster than even recycling. You know, right. like literally, you really understand business and the business of sports. Uh, an entrepreneur who really within a, a big organization, I think, led the way of how the internet itself and web marketing right. is utilized, yeah. outdoing the league like 60% higher than anyone else. Even though, you know, I had represented Troy Aikman, even though this team hasn't won a Super Bowl in a little while, you're outselling everybody, right? <laughs> but it, which is a really important part. Tell me first, how did this evolve? We we're here at the formation, it just mm -hmm. opened. How did this idea of the formation evolve and mm -hmm. what were you trying to address uh, critical business issues when you started it? Uh, well, David, first, uh, uh, you're kind in your comments on the follow, uh, our fan base and the passion that we are fortunate. We're so fortunate to be a part of the Dallas Cowboys and to have that history and have that tradition. And uh, just to step back a little bit of how we have approached uh, yes, it's our approach towards formation, but it's really the simple or, or the uh, fundamentals of the approach that we had back when dad first bought the team back in 1989, 30 years ago. And his whole thought was he had spent his entire business career from the time he got out of school until he bought the team. And yes, he was into sales and he was into entrepreneurial and he was trying to look for business opportunities, but he was spending a lot of time on the road, knocking on doors, trying to get someone to listen to his ideas. And when the opportunity came to get involved with the Dallas Cowboys, he really believed, yes, when you looked at the, the P&Ls or you looked at what the business of pro football was, it was not a good business. And all of his advisors from attorneys to accountants to everybody that was giving advice said, be careful what you're signing up for. They were losing a million dollars a month and being forecast to lose over $25 million a year within the next five years. It wasn't a good business. What did he believe in? He believed in association, brand affinity, tapping into that fan base, that history, that tradition, and being a part of the Dallas Cowboys just might change that dynamic and create an uneven playing field to where maybe he doesn't have to go knock on the, those doors. Maybe somebody will come knock on his door or at least take your phone call and agree to come meet you. And so that has been his fundamental approach on operating the team since 1989. And it really evolved into what we believe 
is sports sponsorship and sports uh, uh, corporate association. That if you really believe in that, and we do, that a company like Miller Coors or like Pepsi or like Ford, that association they have with our team, they're just, as you mentioned, how we have this great following on our internet pages, you have just that association when uh, Pepsi's trying to move that product and get people excited about it, and that's the cola of the Dallas Cowboys, that that's real and it's fun. It's fungible to the point that you can really uh, watch what the association is driving. We've lived that way, talking to our partners related to sponsorship. We did that approach with our stadium when we built AT&T Stadium and we really went aggressively on how we wanted to sell that experience. We saw the success we had there and when we got the opportunity to build what we call the star, this development out here, which is the home, it's the world headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys. You were, you were doing everything we had learned over this. This was 2013 when we had the uh, opportunity to digest it. We want to move our headquarters up here. And so we had been doing for 25 years almost. What, how does the Dallas Cowboy brand help you move the needle? And so that's really what you're experiencing up here. You know, I'm a big energy person when we're talking about your father, who a lot of people didn't realize, and I'm sure they did. I know, I've heard the story a bunch of times that he literally risked everything into a losing venture. You know, everybody looks at the multi-billion dollar ownership of a team today, yeah. and it seems like a sure thing. You know, there's only 32 teams. Right. But back then, you know, he has a different perspective when it comes to fear mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. also support. And I think both of those things are part of all the things that I have seen you guys evolve to with legends and the Dallas Cowboys themselves with coaches. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy that comes from Arkansas and fires Tom Landry yeah. uh, and has to you know, brand himself as, hey, we are America's team and uh, the Dallas Cowboys. How and what have you learned about how he manages fear, first of all? And then we'll talk about how important the support that he got and, and now he mentors so many people as well. Well... You, you're uh, uh, rightfully calling it fear, but he calls it dancing with the devil. And uh, <laughs> he said it took the Dallas Cowboys back in 1989 to cause him to take everything that he was about. And I'll never forget, I was in college and he sat down with me and my brother and sister, and of course my mother, and we're sitting there and he goes, you know, if this doesn't work, what I'm about to risk, all of what I've spent my business career growing and putting it all in the, at the old saying, I'm, he was going all in. And he said, if it doesn't work, I don't think we'll have to sell the house. <laughs> Maybe we'll keep the house, but we, it might be change our lives. What uh, we underestimated the, the success of it and how that changed our lives. And, uh, but it took something like the Dallas Cowboys and it took something like the brand affinity and passion that you see in the overall NFL fan base and for team affinity and team fan base, that it really, um, allowed you to see and leverage that what you didn't know at the time was how big starting in 1989 starting with our economy in general took off and then if you look at it from 1989 over the last 30 years what has happened to sports and what sports means and really uh, Roger Goodell says this yes we're a football business that we really are an entertainment company. Right. And so what is our competition? Our competition is not other sports. Our competition is eyeballs wanting entertainment, wanting content. 
And so we're in the content business and with technology, as you mentioned earlier, all of what technology and all the things we're now doing on our phone right there at a swipe and a touch and all of that to get access to great content, content is king. And we as the NFL are fortunate that we have the most valuable content arguably anywhere in the world is NFL football. Especially because it's reality content. Yes. Right? It's the original reality TV. And especially because of the ubiquity of information today, you have to watch those games in person or real time, or else you're going to find out the score, the That's plays. It. Somewhere you're going to see it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's everywhere. It's digital recorder proof. It's DVR proof. Yeah, so it, 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 you, you, uh, you have to watch it live. And then when we do benefit, and the other thing is we benefit in the fact of just how the nature of our game is versus other sports that there are stops in the game and there are segments of where you can in integrate successfully the promotional aspect of it and the advertisement aspect, which is really what drives these TV contracts or these, uh, the, you know, they're almost no longer TV contracts. They're content contracts. And it's with the technology and the players that we are. I mean, uh, we're here in a couple of years, we'll be having our extensions with how we program and how we uh, have our uh, fans watch the game. And uh, as the technology is changing where it might not be what you think it was back when you and I were growing up. For sure. It won't be those three or four networks that we're all used to watching. It, uh, we're all getting content <laughs> in a lot of different mediums now. All right. Now, also the community, you know, from the players who give back to the community to the family that gives back to the community. Mm -hmm. But this entire formation and the star itself yeah. really wasn't just for the Cowboys. It seems yeah. to me that you're trying to build something much bigger, a community that mm -hmm. exists worldwide for the Cowboys because the brand's mm -hmm. so strong, but especially here in Dallas, this is something with shopping and hotels. And mm -hmm. of course, this could be a hub for those great new companies in the Dallas area. Absolutely. Well. As you mentioned earlier, and I said that Dad called it dancing with the devil, and when he finally realized that the, uh, that decision he made in 89 was gonna work, and he said, boy, I've, he, he looked up and said, I'll never do that again. <laughs> and of course, then something came along called AT&T Stadium, and that made our family dance with the devil again. And why would you dance with the devil yet another time? Uh, we are often asked, what was the biggest challenge of building AT&T Stadium. And, that, and, and, and to a family member, we will all say it was meeting the expectations of what our fans think the home of the Dallas Cowboys should be. And just as we were 50 feet in the ground, it was 07 rolling into 08, and oh, we were yeah. out selling. And then of course our, our world sees the greatest recession Almost in the history of our, right? yeah, all, <laughs> close to what happened in 1920. Yeah. But it was, uh, and the good news was we had gotten ahead of how we were selling the stadium and we had a lot of what I'd call contractually obligated income relative to suites and relative to sponsorship, relative to uh, seat options or PSLs as some teams call them, yep. that we had those contracts allowed, uh, locked up and our entire financing package was done through auction rate securities with people like AMBAC. Yeah. And of course, when that recession hit, those were the first things that locked up. They literally locked up and our financing was gone. And if not for those contracts and not for a great partner in ours, Bank of America, who stood by us, we were spending over a million dollars a day on construction. And you sit there and you had to have a partner. And so Bank of America stood by our side. We weathered the storm and then, of course, got the stadium opened up. And it's something that we all are so proud of. AT&T is proud of it. Our fans are proud of it. And he said, never again. And then lo and behold, a community called Frisco, Texas said, how about 
y'all move your headquarters over here. We're interested in building a 12,000 seat indoor high school football stadium. Only in Texas right. is high school football stadium being built and they had budgeted $90 million to build this indoor stadium. So they gave us a $25 million relocation fee. They gave us 90 million to build their municipal uh, stadium for the high schools. And then they gave us the keys to that. Now today we said it's a $170 million indoor high school football stadium that this community is playing out of, but it's also our practice facility in the home of the Dallas Cowboys relative to how we go about our facilities. To do what we've done, and again, we spent $1.2 billion on AT&T Stadium. As we sit here today, we're over $1.5 billion into this project that we call the STAR. We've developed uh, about 66 of the 91 acres. So about two thirds of this development's been developed. So we're on a good pace to be over $2 billion, more than our stadium, wow. $2 billion into this project. Which by the way, when you build the $2 billion AT&T stadium, yeah. everybody thought that was insane. Yeah. That was like when Bomber bought the Clippers. Right. Everyone thought, what is he doing? Right. Uh, it takes a certain visionary, yeah. you know, like your father. In fact, I remember, you know, my business partner, Warren Moon, after the Seattle loss, the fourth down play that yeah. Russell and yeah. Coach Carroll, everyone took accountability. I asked him, like, who would you give the ball to? If you had any player in the world, who, you know, was it Jim Brown? Who, who would you like to have that, that one chance to score? And he literally said, this would be a big compliment to your dad. He goes, Jerry Jones, because that guy scores anytime he's under pressure <laughs> and he literally meant it he like i'm thinking terry jones what? but he does like well, every time it takes uh, it takes a belief and it also takes an energy to close right and knowing your father and knowing you and even your brother there's this close this closer attitude right yeah. there's a lot of good openers out there right and we right. we disregard the economy disregard yeah. what other people think and you mm -hmm. guys have always done that, yeah. including the formation here, right? Yeah. This isn't what other people think right. about when they build one of these. Well, and you can say uh, it, it's like when we built the stadium, as you said, for 1.2 billion, it was budgeted to be 650 million. We had gotten a referendum by the city of Arlington that was had passed and the uh, uh, voters and the citizens of Arlington voted for that. And it was 325 million from the city, 325 million from the Cowboys and our family and it was a 650 million dollar budget now you can say surely the jones family and jerry jones is a better businessman than to miss the budget from Which 650 to one point to double <laughs> right. the budget yeah. and of course what happened was as we were having success selling the stadium we were putting the money back into it because we knew what we said we wanted it to be something unique special it's the home of the dallas cowboys so fast forward this opportunity here comes and, and our family, and of course, you, uh, you've, you've got uh, uh, Jerry obviously making the final decision. Are we about to dance with the devil again? He <laughs> said, I said I wouldn't have done that the second time. I'm sure not doing it a third time. And of course, everything, and he'll say this in public forums and speeches that he gives, because we said everything he had taught me, my brother and my sister about a brand association and relationship with the Cowboys all of the things we had been doing for 25 years as a family, what the opportunity to come up to North Texas and to come to Frisco. And we do a lot of real estate business up here. And so we knew the market. 
And this project might not work in certain other areas of even Dallas, Texas, which is uh, the, one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Uh, second, or th- I guess now we're fourth only to New York, LA, and Chicago. We're the fourth biggest market at seven and a half million people. We knew the growth of that big market was right coming up this North uh, Tollway Corridor into Frisco because we had been doing real estate here. We knew if you associated with the brand, it could work. To, uh, he was digesting it and he's like, are we really, you know, he kind of made, he made his run. He had done the team and he'd built the stadium and he was getting into his <laughs> 70s. And I can tell you, He's still going strong. I don't know if you saw the New York Stock Exchange 10 days ago, but he was ringing the bell and he's jumped back in the oil and gas business stronger (laughs) than he's ever been. You know, when we built the star and we built our world headquarters and of the 400,000 square feet in this state of the art building, we're only 70,000 square feet of that building. And you think about why would you build more office space than you need? And we early on, going back to some of the lessons we've learned on brand affinity and association, really understood from our experience with partnerships with people like, with companies like Ford and PepsiCo and Miller Coors, that it works. And so how could you sit there and say, you know what, if we put this practice field right behind our headquarters and we put our offices here, but then look at that office floor right above us, that's really just a suite at the stadium they're not watching a game, but they're watching practice. They're watching the Dallas Cowboys. And we really believe that would work and to the point that it has worked. And we sit here with all of that building leased up and that presented an opportunity. Companies like FM Global, big insurance company, companies like Merrill Lynch and Bank of America. And they had huge craft in there, footprints in there. <laughs> well, you know, that's a little bit of the discussion of who might be in there. Snyder up there with exactly. his scouts or his craft up there with his scouts, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, we are an entertainment company. Now we got a ways uh, to work through making sure that game plan's not seen. <laughs> yeah. And we know that it's very important in the competitive landscape of what's called the NFL. You got to protect that. So we've got ways of working through that, but you also got ways of leveraging it and creating resource to help fund that team. And so we knew that there was a demand for that to the point, okay, well, what is that footprint? And were they taking a floor, taking 27,000 square feet? Well then, Keurig, Dr. Pepper, they're building their North American headquarters. And on the other side of the field, within, we've moved in here in August of 16, 24 months later, we're tearing up the player parking lot and we're building a 300,000 square foot building for Keurig, Dr. Pepper's headquarters. The entire building will be theirs overlooking the field. Why are they doing that? Because the association, not only is it helpful for culture in the workplace and for their own employees, but it's very impactful for what they do relative to having a meeting. I'll never forget, um, in the early 90s, we were having discussions with Miller and they said, we're trying to acquire some distributorships down in Mexico. And we're trying to figure out, because we know if we call and ask if they're for sale, then the price goes up. And so how do we sit there and bridge this gap? And I said, well, what you need to do, I'm sure if they're in Mexico, good chance some of those head decision makers are cowboy fans. Call them up, invite them to Dallas, come out to our old headquarters, Valley Ranch, 
and have them come have a meeting there. I'll have Jimmy Johnson in between breaks come tell you about our game plan for the Giants as long as Kraft's not in the room. <laughs> right. To sit there and have that meeting. Well, they sure enough did it. I mean, there was all of these Mexican nationals that That's were sitting awesome. there running the distributorships. And of course, then you had uh, Miller sitting there doing it. And of course, they consummated the deal and bought those distributorships right there on that table. Well, that's what Keurig Dr. Pepper or FM Global or, they, or Bank of America believe in. And that's why they're paying premiums, premium office rents to be around that field and be an association. Just the very thing of why we built the star and how we have really done it from a uh, culture workplace standpoint of not just for our team, but for our own employees. And so knowing that concept, we've done that in our offices and really what formation as we sit here in formation and what that is about is it is a collaborative workplace, but it's really more than that. To me, this is an entrepreneurial membership and what makes it entrepreneurial? It's entrepreneurial because this is nothing more than an extension of what the Dallas Cowboys offices are. Our people are working here. Our people are having meetings here. So if you are a, a, a company that's in an incubator phase or a startup phase and you're sitting there trying to start up your company or, or maintain your company and grow your company, leveraging the Cowboys, the very thing our family does, you as an entrepreneur can do right here in this space and leverage the very assets that we're doing. And guess what? You don't have to go buy a five billion dollar cowboy franchise. You right. can do it for five hundred and fifty dollars. Now I'm not selling five hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> seats, but that's what they are. Yeah. And you can do it and leverage the very thing that we're doing here as a company. What what why is it an entrepreneurial membership? You you are up here with our executives. So yes, you're running your business, but you might also see we we intentionally have uh, town hall meetings and we'll have our head of community will come up here and get up and talk about all the things with that she's working on with my sister, Charlotte Anderson, and doing with the Salvation Army, doing without the community, working with the NFL and Play 60 and all the things we're doing from a community standpoint. Well, why does a startup company or a company with a small group of employees, because that's, you know, I've talked about a headquarters for Dr. Pepper. I've talked about a footprint for a smaller business. Now we're talking about a really small company or even an individual they're getting educated at that town hall meeting of it's important if you want to be successful in this community that when you're selling your widget that person who might be buying it you need to let them know i'm also a big part and a leader in this community of doing some community work because that's what they want to hear they can buy that widget from anybody right but who is it that they believe in and has credibility that's doing something besides just that it's inspiring to be able to do business with It'll be fun 30 years from now when some young entrepreneur is building the third building right behind Keurig. <laughs> and those stories happen. We're getting yes. old enough to start seeing it, right? Yeah, oh. this poor kid just rented a chair for 550 and now he owns <laughs> the big building behind. That's it. And be luckily, we'll be looking at this. And inspired, hopefully, just the very thing that inspired Jerry Jones can inspire them. Yeah. And now that you're getting an opportunity or a formation to leverage the very thing that Jerry Jones and his family has been leveraging they can leverage. So we have always tried to operate on synergies. And so as we sit here in formation, that's exactly what this is about. It's what the whole entire star is about. We think so much of what the stadium is about. And uh, we call it the fastest hour in sports. And it's not the football game. It's the hour before kickoff. And if you saw our family down there on the sideline and that sideline filled with 
not just fans, but clients and business opportunities and we're <laughs> shaking hands and having conversation and that energy of the game, you can feel it building and the players are warming up and you can just tell we're all about to get game on. And it just makes for a great, easy conversation. As much as I think about that and how it helps our family and our cowboy organization do business, that transcends almost in multiples over here, I think what we've done here at the Star, and when you walk into our headquarters in that big atrium, and you're at the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters in a 400,000 square foot office building, <laughs> and thinking, what all do you do to operate a football team to think you got this kind of 400,000 square foot building, and then you walk in and feel the things that we've done with the Omni Hotel, and Bob Rowling and his family, what we've done with Cowboy Fit and Mark Mastroff and then Cowboys Club, which is a country club without a golf course, but you get to watch practice. And then you think about why formation. It all ties into the very thing that our family does, and that is leveraging these assets to do business. I think, boy, if I wasn't a Jones or if I wasn't part of the Dallas Cowboys and I just was Jerry out there trying to make a business, for $550, I'd buy that seat right there. Oh, so and I'd I. sit right there and I'd make sure the <laughs> client coming to see me walked through that elevator and saw this conference room and got to feel the excitement of the Cowboys. Because it's an icebreaker of just, let's talk about that big win over the Redskins last weekend. Emotional attachment, right? People yes. about emotion for logical reasons. Yes. That's another thing your father told me when I met him years ago. Yes. Don't forget, Dave, people about emotion for logical reasons. Remember the star. Uh, last, last question, because it's so important. So many, you're really supporting the future. I was joking around earlier that I think entrepreneurs are going to save the world. But I really do that we need. Uh, I work with SAP, for example, in their innovation university. And they're having people read uh, science fiction because our imaginations don't even reach as far as technology now. So we need to make sure we're stimulating this. This is a place for imagination, for support, for brand identity, for emotional attachment. What advice through all the mentorship you've had with your brothers, your sister, and your, your father, the community side of being a mentor yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I know as a father yourself, your trophy room's filled with your kids' trophies from flag <laughs> football to softball, et cetera. You've done your homework. Right? But what, I really want that nugget. You have such great experience and perspective you know, what career advice would you give to an entrepreneur that wants to work within the sports yeah. realm? Because it's so broad now. Well, a couple of things. One, I, I, I just heard various times someone like Emmett Smith, when he signed one of his big contracts back in the day, and he said, you know, Jerry, I'm signing this contract, but one thing I'd like to do, can I just sit in your office one day and watch you do business and just listen to you? And I would say, that here I have in my adult life the last 30 years gotten to be with my father every day. And here he is, a Hall of Famer related to the business sense of football. And uh, I don't take one. I don't take one day of those for granted that I'm getting to hear somebody who's a Warren Buffett or a Bill Gates or a Steve Jobs. Yeah, because that's what he is. And uh, I've learned so much from him. So any of my uh, input on what someone should be doing, I can tell you, I, the material I got, it came from my father. And uh, he tells the story all the time, which is the, uh, what I would say is uh, he tells the story of a Howard Johnson's guy that owned a bunch of Howard Johnson's. And he asked him one time, he said, boy, that's great in hotel rooms. And how does that, all that work? But he goes, I got a real big question. He goes, there's a diner at those Howard Johnson. He goes, where do you find all those chefs to cook all that food? And how do you pull that off. And the guy said, well, I learned a long time ago, Jerry, when it came to hiring these chefs, 
that they say, if you want to serve something cold, serve it ice cold, dry ice cold to the point it burns. I mean, it's supposed to be hot, burn the roof of their mouth with it. Intensity covers up a lot of frailties. And I would say that's how Jason Garrett coaches our team. That's how our uh, organization operates, a, a intense desire to be driven to win on and off the field and approach every day with that same intensity. Well, that's amazing. I, I was sitting here watching you talk about your dad thinking, you know, my four kids, I go talk about a legacy. If I could just have, you know, when my son's, you know, turning 50 to talk about me that way would be the crib. I'm going to send this clip to your dad because I'm sure it's the biggest gift you could ever get to see your complete sincerity yeah. of how much you respect, you know, what you all have built as a family and especially what he has taught you to take it to the next level because you, I know you're humble. Uh, you've taken lessons from your father and what you've done in digital media and technology and entrepreneurship and also community and that brand has only grown because you learned and, and it's true. I really want to thank you for taking the time. This I don't need to wish any luck here because the star and the formation and everything around us from the retail to the office buildings to this, the mentorship and you know, there's a lot of mentorship here as well. Besides that seat's only 550. We'll have to buy a couple. You know, I'm not even a Cowboys fan. Can you believe that? Have to be here. But this is a place to do business, and I like to make money, help people, and have fun. I, Maybe, just yeah. incredible. Yeah, sure. Enjoyed getting the, with you. Yeah, anytime. The incredible Jerry Jones Jr. 